98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. Experts warn that Hong Kong could see about 10,000 COVID cases a day next week. Private hospitals say they're not entirely to blame for the low usage rate of beds set up for non-COVID patients from public hospitals. And the deputy chief secretary and commerce chief have come down with COVID. An infectious disease expert has warned that Hong Kong's daily COVID tally may top 10,000 next week, adding that hospitals would be under considerable pressure. Speaking on an RTHK program, Dr. Leung Chi Chu said the COVID caseload, driven by the Omicron BA5 variant, has been surging in the past two weeks. He said the tally may peak at some 10,000 cases if there's a low reinfection rate. Dr. Lim called on people to minimize social activities, saying government curbs may not be the quickest way to bring infection numbers down. The government's social distancing measures aren't immediately effective in slowing down virus transmissions in the community. They only guide people to reduce high-risk contact between families. So the best way at this stage is for everyone to have fewer risky cross-family gatherings. This not only reduces virus transmission and brings relief to our hospitals, but it also buys more time for people at high risk to get jabbed. A private hospital representative says they shouldn't be entirely blamed for the low usage rate of beds that have been set aside for non-COVID patients from public hospitals. The chairman of the Hong Kong Private Hospitals Association, William Ho, was speaking on an RTHK program after the health secretary said the overall utilization rate of the 364 private beds was less than 50 percent. Dr. Ho said there are a number of reasons why non-COVID patients were unable to be transferred to private facilities. He explained that some suffered from dementia or were suspected to be repositive cases. Both sides need to speed up the handling of transfer cases. On the other hand, the hospital authority needs to provide us with more detailed information. There have been some documents missing in some cases, and there have also been patients that needed to be returned to public hospital for examination, which made them unhappy. The hospital authority's chief executive, Tony Koh, said the situation is improving, but noted that they've recently only been able to transfer around 20 or 30 patients out of about 100 patients a day to private hospitals. He says it's crucial they utilize private beds as COVID cases are on the rise. The Deputy Chief Secretary Warner Chuck and the Commerce Minister Algernon Yao have tested positive for COVID through rapid testing. The government says they went to work yesterday and had followed anti-COVID measures such as wearing masks and getting tested every day. It said the ministers are now in isolation according to health authorities' guidelines. Environmental group Greener's Action says nearly 80% of banks and almost 50% of chain restaurants they visited provide what they described as unnecessary umbrella bags to patrons. The group visited banks and restaurants which have over 60 branches during 14 rainy days in July and August. The project's lead researcher, Beatrice Sue, stressed these venues can prevent slippery floors without providing umbrella bags. The umbrella bags are cheap, so that's why the corporates would like to purchase the umbrella bags. The consumers think it's easy to take and it's no cost because it's free to take now. But I found that actually the banks and restaurants are providing other options. For example, like uh, the dryers and the carpets. In some of the cases, actually they have coated the non-slippery coating on the floor tiles. So it means that they have sufficient options for them to avoid the floor getting slippery. So we 
think that the umbrella bags are actually not that necessary at all. Mainland officials have warned that the autumn harvest is at severe risk because of the continuing drought and heat wave in the south of the country. Water is being pumped from nearby provinces into the driest parts of China to try to rescue the crops. David Fishman from the Lantau Group told RTHK's Backchat program that river levels were at record lows, hitting the production of hydroelectric power. This is ordinarily the flood season, and the floods have apparently not come, or rather the rainy season has not come for a month and a half of what should be very good production time. As a result, I think you'll see low river levels for quite a while and low power coming out of hydroelectric dams for quite a while. As a result, for weeks or maybe even going into months, we might see some reduced capacity for hydro output in Sichuan. North Korea says the recent fever cases found near its border with China were influenza and not the coronavirus. The official Korean Central News Agency said the patient's fever had since come down. North Korea has now lifted a lockdown it, it imposed yesterday in Ryangang province after the four people were found. The country says it's had no confirmed COVID cases since August the 10th. The French President Emmanuel Macron has said at the start of a visit to Algeria that the two countries should move beyond their sh painful shared history and look to the future. We've already decided that we would have a joint committee to open up our archives and allow them to look back at this decisive history for us, from the start of colonization to the war for independence, with no taboo, with freedom to work, with complete access to our archives. It's important because what we want to do together is build the future. We didn't choose the past, we inherited it. We must look at it and acknowledge it, but we have the responsibility to build our future for ourselves and our youth. Britain's Foreign Secretary Liz Truss has been criticized for risking worsened diplomatic relations with France by saying the jury's out on President Emmanuel Macron. Ms. Truss was responding to a question on whether Mr. Macron was a friend or foe during a hustings on Thursday for the Conservative Leadership Contest. The BBC's Ione Wells reports. Liz Truss made this remark with a chuckle to a crowd of Tory party members, some of whom returned the laughs. But as well as a Tory leadership candidate, Liz Truss is still the serving foreign secretary, in effect the UK's top diplomat, and France is a key ally. Her Labour counterpart, David Lammy, accused her of needlessly insulting one of Britain's closest allies to play to a gallery of Tory members. The comments have been criticised by some Tory MPs too, with one former cabinet minister saying that while Franco-British relations were complex, it was completely wrong to suggest Mr Macron is not a friend of Britain. A judge in Florida has ordered the U.S. Justice Department to release a redacted version of the affidavit that convinced him to approve the warrant to search former President Donald Trump's home. The FBI search of the Mar-a-Lago estate is part of a criminal investigation into whether or not Mr. Trump illegally removed documents from the White House. The BBC's Anthony Zercher reports. Judge Bruce Reinhardt had requested that the Justice Department submit proposed redactions from the affidavit by noon on Thursday. In a two-page order he issued later that afternoon, he wrote that he accepted the government's cuts. He said it would protect the identity of witnesses and government sources and avoid revealing the strategy behind and the scope of the federal investigation. Even a limited disclosure is unusual in criminal investigations, but a federal search of a former president's home, a man who may still harbor presidential ambitions, is anything but routine. 
Satellite images suggest Russia is burning off large amounts of natural gas at a facility near its border with Finland. Experts say the gas had previously been exported to Germany. The BBC's Matt McGrath reports. The first indications that something was awry came from Finnish citizens who spotted a large flame on the horizon earlier this summer. Analysis of heat data from satellite images showed that gas was being burnt off or flared in significant quantities at a new Gazprom facility northwest of St. Petersburg. A team at Reistad Energy, an independent research firm based in Norway, who've been monitoring the flare, say it's burning around $10 million worth of gas every day while pumping out 9,000 tonnes of carbon dioxide. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says Europe was one step away from a radiation disaster because of Russia when crucial electricity supplies to the Zaporizhia nuclear plant were interrupted. Ukrainian officials said the Russian-occupied site had been disconnected from the national grid for the first time in 40 years. They said a fire had interfered with overhead power cables. The UN's nuclear watchdog said supplies had now been restored and radiation levels were normal. Here's Mr. Zelensky. The world must understand what a threat this is. If the diesel generators did not turn on, if the automation and our station staff did not work after the blackout, then we would already be forced to overcome the consequences of the radiation accident. Russia has put Ukraine and all Europeans in a situation one step away from a radiation disaster. Elon Musk's SpaceX satellites will connect directly to cell phones on the American mobile provider T-Mobile so that there will be cell service even in the most remote places beyond the reach of cell towers from next year. The two companies announced the new service which will work on existing cell phones and utilize SpaceX's network of thousands of Starlink satellites in Earth's orbit. It will begin offering text messaging services from late 2023 with voice calls and data services expected to follow later. Mr. Musk said the service will save lives, giving the example of hikers who get lost and are currently unable to call for help. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,096. That's 127 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $59 billion. In currencies, one U.S. dollar will get you 136.67 yen. The euro is standing at 99.67 cents against the U.S. dollar. And the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 27 cents. And in sport... In tennis, Novak Djokovic says he won't be playing in this month's U.S. Open, the final Grand Slam of the tennis calendar. He had been on the entry list for the tournament, but COVID rules require travelers to show proof of full vaccination to enter the U.S. Djokovic also missed the Australian Open in January, as the BBC's Laura McGee explains. He wasn't able to defend his title because his COVID-19 vaccination status led to him being deported from the country. Remember, he was detained in a hotel for five days in Melbourne after his visa was cancelled. That's because Novak Djokovic has not been vaccinated against COVID-19. And the Serbian says he has no plans to be vaccinated. In fact, Djokovic told the BBC earlier this year that he will accept missing more Grand Slams if it means he has to get a COVID vaccine. The European Champions League group stage draw has put three heavyweights into one group. Bayern Munich, Barcelona and Inter, with a combined 14 titles among them, will have to fight it out in Group C alongside Victoria uh, Pilsen. Defending champions Real Madrid are up against RB Leipzig, Shakhtar Donetsk and Celtic in Group 
F. The former Celtic winger Pat Nevin is excited to see the Scottish Giants facing the Galacticos. He wasn't able to... Real Madrid are quite glamorous. Let, let's be honest about it. They are quite glamorous. They've been to Celtic Park. I remember many years ago, many, in fact, we're talking decades ago, watching Celtic play Real Madrid. And I think Laurie Cunningham was playing back in those days at Celtic Park. And the noise for that game, home and away, will be brilliant. Those are games that you will not want to miss. The other Scottish side, Rangers, in the group stage for the first time since 2010, have been drawn with last year's finalists, Liverpool. Ajax and Napoli in Group A. The former Rangers midfielder, Stuart McCall, is still buzzing from his club's qualification. Huge night um, and a great achievement. It means everything for, I think, everything, the, the prestige of it naturally. As a player, that's where you want to play. As a supporter... Um, having said that, going back in my day, we took some doings from Juventus and Ajax, so yep. <laughs> sometimes it wasn't great, but then again... <laughs> I wasn't going to mention some... that. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, we had some good nights as well. We had some good nights. Elsewhere, Manchester City's Erling Haaland will face his old club Borussia Dortmund in Group G, which includes Sevilla and Copenhagen. French champions Paris Saint-Germain are in Group H with Juventus, Benfica and Maccabi Haifa. Chelsea joined Italian champions AC Milan, RB Salzburg and Dinamo Zagreb in Group E, while Tottenham face Europa League holders Eintracht Frankfurt, Sporting Lisbon and Marseille. Football pundit Don Hutchison says Spurs will be happy with their group. Yeah, winnable. I mean, I expect Tottenham to top the group in there, but there's no reason why Marseille, Sport and Eintracht can't be optimistic that they can get second in the group. It's it's wide open in terms of who gets second. I think Spurs will be favourites. I think Antonio Conte and what he's building there, he will relish that. That pot, pot D is a good one for him. In baseball, the New York Mets opened a four-game series with a 3-1 win over the lowly Colorado Rockies. The Mets now lead the Atlanta Braves by two games in the standings. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich believes the Mets have enough arms in their rotation to weather the Braves' challenge. The Braves closed really rapidly last season to get into the playoffs and then eventually to win the World Series. But I think the difference this year for the Mets is the fact they've got such a strong, stellar pitching staff with Jacob deGrom back in that rotation. So I think pitching is going to be crucial for the Mets. Their bullpen has been strong as well. I think it's going to be a real battle uh, going down the wire uh, over the course of the last five weeks, six weeks of the season. Of course, the Braves for sure, if they don't get to the, uh, uh, the National League East division title, they're going to make the playoffs nonetheless. And to the weather forecast, mainly fine, very hot with isolated showers in the afternoon, moderate southeasterly winds. The outlook, mainly fine and very hot during the weekend to early next week. A bit of rain in the middle and latter parts of next week. Right now, it's 31 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity standing at 76%. And that's the news, sports and weather from RTHK. Stuck in the middle of the sea I'll sail the world To find you If you ever find yourself lost in the dark And you can't see I'll be the light To guide you Find out what we're made of When we are called to help our friends in need you can't 
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday afternoon. Wow, this week has really flown on by. Friday, the 26th of August, is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew and cheers to the newsroom. We've got a full show this afternoon. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be chatting with Janice Chan. Now, she's the CEO of Sons and Daughters, which is a local anti-trafficking NGO that advocates for the rights of those who have been caught in sexual exploitation. And she joins us in about 10 minutes or so at half past one. And after the two o'clock news, Gauri Sharma, our intern, sits down with Yen Fu. Yen is the owner of a thrift store here in Hong Kong, and it's called A Break 
Week 93. And they'll be talking about the thrift culture in Hong Kong. And finally, after 2.30, it's our Friday Music Chart Special. And of course, uh, we want to hear from you as well. If you'd like to uh, hear a song, a dedication, get in touch with us. And we'll be hearing from the UK Charts of the Year 1975. This one is 